0: Fantasy Football today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
1: Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, are Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders on the rise? Is Kyler Murray, you know, a legit NFL quarterback? We've got some questions to answer here. Just kidding. Don't be too harsh now. I'm Kyler Murray. By the way, who are this year's busts? That's the topic for today's show. And who's going to do some regulating at the end of today's show? Hopefully, all of us, but certainly Ben Gretsch and I will be doing that. Ben is here. What's up, Ben Gretsch? Welcome to the Friday show. Happy Friday. Out. Good morning.
2: Yeah, casual Friday. I got the nice button-down and the backwards hat. I'm feeling pretty good. Glad to be back on.
1: Bat- button-down, backwards hat. I'm very casual today. I'm just simply wearing a t-shirt. You should be watching us on CBS All Access. Sign up for that. You can watch our full show. Or go to YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. Dave Richard and Heath Cummings are here.
0: Good morning, guys. Yeah, I I, I also have the button-down jeans, shoes. Adam didn't say are you wearing all Adam said was he was wearing a shirt. So. did you just say you're wearing button fly jeans? Button down jeans? Button down shirt. Button down I shirt. I didn't say
3: shirt. And jeans.
0: I'm sorry you need me to be so literal this That's morning. Okay. I thought you were wearing button fly jeans. I, I look forward to reviewing professional football games that are done exhibition style that don't count. It, it, they did not count last night,
3: but I, I'm just being literal. I am overreacting.
1: Oh, yeah, you're ready to overreact? You're admitting to overreact.
3: take cannon is prepared, and uh, I'm ready to overreact. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, so I think it's probably going to be about the Cardinals, so I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> We're going to do some player comparisons now. Um, but first, It would be weird if it was the Jaguars. Who is Yeah, right, what a useless game that was. Who is the biggest... Bust that you're, you know, if you had to highlight one bust, we're gonna to get to more of them later in the show. um Ben, I'm gonna start with you, and I think you're gonna go. No, you know what? You've given the Le'Veon Bell bust take before on this show. You'll give it again later. You said while we were doing our mic check that Mark Ingram is a bust for you. While I cannot stop getting excited about Mark Ingram, so let's start with that, Ben. Mark Ingram a bust for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I've been writing a lot lately about how the highest value touches for running backs are essentially all plays inside the 10 yard line including rush attempts and then all receptions and that rush attempts outside the 10 yard line are not very valuable after lamar jackson took over last year he didn't throw to the running backs a ton we see that a lot with running quarterbacks instead of the dump offs they take off and scramble um and he also took some high value touches with some some rush attempts in close ingram's going for the team that has the bet like is absolutely the best in the league at generating those two types of high value touches. They give a lot of red zone work to their running backs. They throw a ton of passes to their running backs. And now he's moving to a team with a Russian quarterback. Who's probably not going to throw a lot of passes. Uh, maybe I, definitely is not going to generate as many scoring opportunities. Uh, and also um, has had their starting running back usurped the last three years. So not a situation that I'm a big fan of for him.
0: Where are you pretty drafting him, then?
2: I'm pretty much not drafting him. Every draft I'm in, he goes like 15 running backs b- before where I have him ranked. I, For me, he is is a guy that just doesn't have the upside. I think he's going to be in a little bit more of a committee. And I think his offensive situation is significantly worse for running back production. So for me, he's way down compared to where he goes.
1: Uh, okay. I mean, it's really interesting. W- but what about the, you know, look what Gus Edwards did argument? Gus was yeah, really I mean good.
2: Alex Collins was the fifth round pick last year, right? And, no, and but I mean, before I mean, it
1: was with Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards got bigger. No, time no, work. yeah. I mean yeah.
2: running quarterbacks certainly help the rushing efficiency of running backs. That's definitely been shown. Um and I think Mark Ingram will have strong rushing efficiency. I just think a lot of that will be these low value rush attempts uh you know outside the the green zone or the red zone or whatever you want to you say. I'm sure he'll get some rushing touchdowns. I just don't think he's gonna get anywhere near the receiving upside that he used to have in, in New Orleans. I know he has the pass catching chops, but I just don't think he'll get a, enough of that, especially with Justice Hill there. And, I, you know, I think he'll he'll put up lines like Gus Edwards put up, which frankly weren't that great for fantasy. I mean, uh, unless he scored because he wasn't catching any passes, it'd be like 60, 70 rushing yards because they do still split some of the touches. He can be a good, efficient runner and still not a great fantasy running back.
3: I, right. I kind of agree with this take in PPR leagues. Yeah, um, that's kind of... I, I've got him ranked at the top 24 running back in non-PPR. I don't have too big of a problem with an ADP at the end of the fourth, start of the fifth round in that format. In PPR, a lot of times we see him go in the same spot, and I I think it's much more difficult to stomach that cost in that format.
1: All right, I've been seeing Ingram going uh, early in the fourth round after Josh Jacobs, Marlon Mack, like early fourth round before maybe before Derrick Henry, but also before the Tevin Coleman, James White, Sony Michelle group. So I guess that's a little early for you guys. Uh Dave, who's a bust you want to highlight?
0: I want to highlight Melvin Gordon, because as long as he's out, he's gonna be a freaking anvil on your fantasy team. He's not gonna do anything. Sounds like he's ready to sit out regular season games unless the Chargers up their offer. I don't think the Chargers are gonna up their offer. I'm 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 not drafting Melvin Gordon. I'm worried about him just deciding, you know what, I'm gonna chill out, I'm not gonna play this year, I'm gonna follow LeVeon Bell's example. And he's going to be a waste of a draft pick, almost, no matter where you take him. That's how nervous I'm getting about him at this. Point. Would you
1: take Melvin Gordon or Mark Ingram? Ingram. He's going to play.
3: Um, I think I, I'd rather have Melvin. You'd rather have the, the 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 hope of Melvin. Yeah, I I I don't. I think worst case scenario is, and if you take Melvin Gordon in the fourth round, and worst case scenario happens, it's going to be very bad. Worst case scenario, he sits out the first half of the year.
0: Oh, I think he's there's there. a worse scenario than.
3: That. I I don't because it's, then his contract doesn't toll and he's back in the same position
0: next year. He can't make any money. But if he thinks that he's going to make money either way by holding out, he's just. But he can't. It's I, not on Bell. He cannot sit out all year and look, make money. I I agree. Obviously, I agree. That's the rule. But he who knows what he's thinking. He should he should show up before week one. I'm nervous that he's not going to throw in the towel on this and that he really is going to sit out. And even when he does come back, how many times have we seen a running back miss all of training camp, miss all the preseason, come back on the field, they're not ready to play, they suffer a nagging injury, their season gets thrown for a loop, and they're not who they usually are. They're a shell of their former self. So it just makes me nervous to take, even in the scenario that you're painting, Heath, I, I don't know if I want to even deal with the headache then. And then if I draft, Mark in- or Mark, if I draft Melvin Gordon early, does it force myself to spend round six on Austin Eckler? Does it force me to get Justin Jackson later on? I think that's the easier plan is to go and get Jackson just in case Melvin Gordon's out. Cause one of those two guys is going to play a decent amount each week for the chargers. I'm, I'm just very hesitant to go with a running back. Who's gotten beat up in the past, not participating with his team in camp, not being in football shape. He's clearly in good shape. The, the Instagram videos that he's released have shown that he's in good shape. But I'm I'm having just a hard time buying into Melvin Ingram at just about any cost. Melvin Gordon, yeah. Uh, Heath, who's Melvin your Melvin Gordon? I said Melvin Ingram, didn't I? You did. Yes. I've got Mark Ingram <laughs> on the brain. I have Mark Ingram on the brain after what Ben just said. That's the second time I did that in a in a minute. That's crazy. <laughs> <It's a laughs>
2: well, Melvin uh, Ingram's a player too.
1: Yeah, so. Melvin Ingram's right, a player. I'm
0: only drafting him in one league that I'm in this
1: year. Yeah, IDP. All right, Heath, who's who's a bus you want to highlight? Uh, this is a new one. This wasn't
3: uh, sent on my list yesterday, and it's an overreaction to the preseason, many will say, but I am scared to death of David Johnson with the fourth or fifth overall pick, and that's where he's going in a lot of leagues. I'm kind of scared of him now in the first round. It doesn't have anything to do with David Johnson. This off, and I, It doesn't really have anything to do with Kingsbury or Kyler Murray. This offensive line has looked laughably bad. They have not blocked anyone. They're not opening any holes for David Johnson. They tried to throw him a screen pass, and it looked like half the line didn't know it was a screen pass, didn't even run over there to be in front of him. They look terrible. The defense might even be worse. Their number one corner was already gone for six games. They lost their number two corner to a broken leg last night. I'm terrified. Like It's not a good situation to be on a below-average offense that has a terrible offensive line and an even worse defense. And you could say... Yeah, but he was in a bad situation last year and he finishes the number 10 running back. That's true. In 16 games. If you play 16 games and you're the number 10 running back, you are certainly not worth a top five pick.
1: Yeah, he, he was right. He was not worth a top five pick. No way. Um, I, You know, it might be an overreaction. We'll see how they look at preseason week three, but they did look terrible yesterday. And uh, mm-hmm. on the broadcast, uh, Booger McFarland brought up a good point. I think he said that Texas Tech and Washington State those two, you know, air raid systems were blitzed the least in college football last year because those college teams don't have the cornerbacks to, you know, to compensate for for blitzing. That's not going to happen in the NFL. He's going to get blitzed, and it's going to be a tough adjustment. They looked awful yesterday. They're not running their full playbook, obviously. Uh, but I can understand being nervous about David Johnson, and certainly being nervous about K- uh, Kyler Murray. So I'm going to ask you for some David Johnson and Kyler Murray comparisons in a little bit. Uh, We're going to talk about our biggest preseason. You know what? Why don't we do it right now? Let's do a segment called This Guy or That Guy. I'm going to give you two players, and you have to pick one. Okay? Uh, Start with Ben. Ben, this guy or that guy? Sam Darnold or Kyler Murray?
2: Also take Murray. I I mean, I I agree with a lot of what he just said, but I'm also very impressed with Murray's ability just watching him. He's really good evading the rush, and we know they're not playing with the full playbook, like you said. So for me, it's still very much Murray.
1: Okay, guys. Dartle looked great. He, uh, I, he's, I think you know, all looking good. I
3: think all of us will take Murray. I, I'm the low guy on Murray. I haven't changed him because of any of this preseason. All of my concerns have just been realized. Um, but I'll still. There's still more upside for Murray. I think it's I, one bad preseason game. Two. <laughs> yeah. No, Tyler no. Murray was he fine was in the oh, first. No, pick. no. They ran 10 plays and picked up 30 yard. That he, was, if he does that, what he did week one preseason
0: all year long, I'm terrible. I'm not freaking out yet. I might not, I'm not going to move him down in my quarterback rankings, but I might move him down a little bit, just a little bit in my overall rankings. And I, I'm thinking this weekend, if you're drafting this weekend, all the Cardinals ADPs are going to slide because of what we saw in national television and you can take advantage if you still believe in this Cardinals offense. I still do. Okay.
2: Next, is up. anybody moving Darnold up? Yeah, I'm just right, curious yeah. if anybody's moving Darnold up.
0: I, I moved him up a couple of spots before the preseason game, um, just based on what he did in the first preseason game on the one drive, and just the the the, the easy type of throws that he can make to gain yardage with the Jets. And I think it's just a sign that the Jets are gonna. It's gonna hurt Le'Veon Bell. It's it's they're gonna throw quite a bit to everybody. Crowder, him when he comes back, both the running backs, not just Le'Veon Bell, Ty Montgomery too. Robbie. Um Darnold is a is is starting to come into focus as one of those decent late round blue chippers.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know that it's gonna hurt Le'Veon Bell, though. I mean, we saw how good Montgomery looked yesterday. He did look very good, he might be a handcuff to consider. But I just think a good Sam Darnold is good for Le'Veon Bell because being on a good offense yep. is a good thing. They do have some. If they major run the ball as
0: much as a typical offense does, yeah, but he'll
1: catch sure. passes. But but you know, but they have some offensive line injuries that they're dealing with right now, like three starters. But um, I don't know. I, Darnold, Darnold, certainly, like I said yesterday, in a two quarterback league, I'm, you don't have to draft Darnold necessarily in a one quarterback league, but he's just been so overlooked. And in a two quarterback league, he certainly is is in play. Um, next guy, this guy or that guy, uh, we'll go to Ben first again, Nick Chubb or David Johnson.
2: Uh, I'm still taking David Johnson again. I love the receiving upside, uh, for players. And, and, uh, look, I just talked about, uh, with Lamar Jackson being a running quarterback, being a guy who doesn't throw to the running back as much. That's probably going to be true with Kyler Murray, uh, but I do think they're going to design some pass attempts for David Johnson. I think we'll see more of the playbook. Uh, I do share some of Heath's, Heath's concerns. He also looked really uncomfortable running out of shotgun last night. He just looked to be kind of dancing in the backfield. Um, I want to go back and kind of look at his splits and see if he's a substantially worse runner out of the shotgun. I, I seem to remember that he's actually better running out of yeah, shotgun, said, but he just he looked said uncomfortable. He really liked
1: it. He said he was looking yeah, he did for, okay. it a lot in college. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he. Yeah, there was a couple runs where he looked really tentative and a couple where he looked all right. So right. I, I'm not I'm not moving him out of nowhere. I do uh, out of out of the first round or freaking out too much. But I, I do uh, share a little bit of concern. But for me, with Chubb, Dontrell Hilliard is a really good receiving back. All nine of his touches last year were receptions. I, be, I think the big reason they were willing to move Duke Johnson is they have a guy who can play that role. We still know Kareem Hunt's coming back. Chubb is a guy I really, really like as a runner. I think he has plenty of touchdown upside. He's not a guy I'm like fully fading like Mark Ingram, but I am really concerned about the receptions for him too. And in the last two seasons, the top nine fantasy running backs in PPR leagues have caught 50 plus balls, all the top nine, both years. It's a different fantasy landscape. You, got, you have to be able to, to catch passes. I don't think Chubb has 50 reception upside.
0: I think he could come close to it though. That That's part of his game that's a little underrated. And, and I think that the Browns are going to try and take advantage of that. You saw it in their first drive their only drive when they were doing the two-minute drill in their first preseason game. Baker Mayfield was checking it down a bunch. Those guys had a lot of catches. And I think Chubb could get close to 50 catches this year. I just think Johnson is a little bit more upside. That's why I've got him rated a spot higher.
3: This one's format-dependent for me. I will take Chubb over Johnson in non-PPR. I'll take Chubb over Johnson in half PPR. I will take Johnson over Chubb in full PPR. I think Johnson might catch 25 more passes.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break here. We've got some more This Guy or That Guy, a cleverly named segment, plus some injury news and notes as Todd Gurley uh, reportedly ran 150 miles per hour in practice the other day. And there's another good story about Curtis Samuel. Um, I was being sarcastic about one of those two things. And uh, we'll come back, talk to you about our telethon that you should get involved with and uh, some busts and some regulators. We'll be right back. All right, good day for Miles Sanders yesterday. Wasn't amazing or anything, but he looked good. There was a, an article, the Philly voice. Jimmy Kemsky said, quote, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Sanders is the best running back on the team and it isn't close. Just start him week one. And he did start yesterday. So this guy or that guy, Ben, Miles Sanders or Tariq Cohen.
2: Yeah, I'll take Sanders. Uh I'm not I don't have like a really strong take here. I, I do still worry about the Eagles uh committee and <laughs> I don't know if he will necessarily start Week One, but the the drum beat is getting big enough that I think you have to prioritize Sanders, who has more, uh, you know, of a a workhorse potential than Cohen would have. But I do still like Cohen in his his role.
0: The Eagles' track record is what it is about using multiple running backs. But if they they're not idiots, if they find a running back who can handle three downs and and be a threat and keep defenses on uh its toes on their toes. Uh, I think Miles Sanders is going to have a shot at getting over 1,000 yards. In non-PPR, I'll take him over Tariq Cohen. I don't think they're idiots. I just think that
3: they may believe that it works better if your running back's not playing 70% of the snaps. I will, I'm will. i getting very close to taking Sanders in non-PPR. I don't think it's particularly close in PPR. I, Cohen might catch 50 more passes than Sanders this year.
1: Mm, I just wonder if David Montgomery's going to have a bigger role in the passing game than than we may think. He's definitely going to have a bigger role than... Than uh, Jordan Howard did, but you know we'll react to that on Monday when the Bears play their se- after the Bears play their second preseason game. Uh, all right, this guy or that guy, Ben, Mark Andrews or Darren Waller.
2: Ooh, that's I mean those are two pretty good uh, and similar upside tight ends. I'll take Andrews who we know has the potential to lead Baltimore in receiving. He did essentially for the entire stretch of Lamar Jackson starts at the end of last year. I do like Waller as an upside tight end too, though. I mean, both of these guys are, I think the, I, I think a lot of people are a little too high on Andrews cause they're not going to throw a ton. And I think this is closer than people think. And I, I don't seem to get Andrews enough. Um, cause I, I do think their receivers are still going to catch passes. And I, again, I don't think they're going to throw, even if they throw more, they're not going to throw – they're going to be one of the, the lowest passing teams in the league. So um, Waller, you know, if he gets a sizable Jared Cook, t- you know, looking opportunity share, he could be pretty pretty decent as another sleeper.
0: Andrews isn't playing every down <laughs> in, in the preseason. He's He's working passing downs, but Nick Boyle is the one who's playing the most at tight end for Baltimore – And Hayden Hurst saw the field before Andrews did. He certainly saw more targets than
1: Andrews. That's why I brought this up. I mean, where the heck was Mark Andrews yesterday?
0: I I love the talent, and he was one of my breakout guys. I had to pull him from the story because it's two games now where the Ravens are not giving him the every down treatment, and you think about the personnel that they have. They could be in a two tight end set, and he might not be on the field. So if he's only playing part-time, that means his targets aren't going to be strong. Is he a touchdown or bust tight end? It it, it sure is starting to look that way for him. Waller, believe it or not, has more upside. Waller played every single snap with the starters in their preseason game against Arizona.
3: Yeah, I, I believe in week one of the preseason, there were 16 Lamar Jackson snaps. Andrews played six of them, the same number as Hayden Hurst. Nick Boyle played 10. And then in the game last night, Boyle had three targets from Lamar Jackson. Hayden Hurst had one or two. Mark Andrews did not see a target from Lamar Jackson. Now, I still think Andrews is the best Ravens tight end to own, but this has, over the last few years, been a pretty uh, multiple tight end team, and that's the way I'm leaning now. I'm still taking Andrews over Waller, but it gets
0: closer and closer. I just bit the bullet and did it.
1: You you what? You moved Waller up ahead of him? Yeah, just bite the bullet. Maybe
0: something changes in the third preseason game, but... Yeah, You know, two games is, is a lot of it. I told you we were getting the
1: hot take cannon ready. Yeah, how about that? It's I, fair. I, I never, I, look, I never, I, I, and if I'm wrong about this, I'll own it, but I never was on Mark Andrews, and everybody was, and I just didn't care because I just. Oh, no, I was with you, Adam. I, I had a okay. 15th, I think was the highest I ever got him. Okay. Yeah, he'll,
2: just, he'll he'll make some big plays, but he's not going to get enough con, consistent looks, I think, is kind of the the sum of what we're saying. Like He's not going to accumulate enough stats, which is really important, obviously.
1: All right. Just give me a one-word answer here, guys. Adrian Peterson or Darius Geis? Geis. Geis. Geis it is. Can I news say news? News and notes. News and notes. Antonio Brown is close to practicing. Aaron Rodgers sat with back stiffness. Keenan Allen has an ankle injury, but not expected to miss Week One, according to Adam Schefter. But now, guys, okay, Keenan Allen has an injury. Antonio Brown has an injury. Ty Hilton has an injured quarterback. Oh, am I forgetting one in that? You're forgetting group? Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has the foot, has the ligament issue. Jeez, that group of wide receivers. Jeez, what else do I have to say? Go get,
0: go get two of the top seven. I'm seriously like it. It. That those were the bridge receivers to get you from the elite tiers to the very good tiers and the bridge is collapsing. So I, I don't feel very good about waiting on receiver anymore,
2: but But the young guy tier is still plenty of upside. Like the Keenan Allen note, it's a reminder that Keenan Allen has injuries in his history. If he misses time, Mike Williams is going to be an absolute star. Same is true for Calvin Ridley if Julio Jones were to miss time. Same is true for Chris Godwin if Mike Evans were to miss time. There's still plenty of guys with a lot of upside and solid roles that you can get behind this tier.
1: Yeah, but also, let's let's keep in mind Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, uh TY Hilton with his quarterback, his quarterback Andrew Luck, and uh and Antonio Brown. None have been ruled out for week 1. So it could just be nothing. We have to say that. It could just be nothing. It's true. Okay. Todd Gurley ran, I think, 21 miles per hour in practice, another encouraging report for him. I am I guess it's pretty much like he's fine until he's not fine, if that happens, right? It's just a risk. Well, it. I think from my understanding
3: of this whole thing, it's all about load management. And right now, he's not doing very much work. I don't think he practices more than one day in a row. And so it might just, like, they may be able to just manage it in a way, but it makes me think there's probably not much possibility of getting,
0: like, 20 carries in a football game. Right. You have absolutely no idea what's going to happen when he starts playing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I think the signs point to him not getting 20 touches per game. Right. And the track record with Todd Gurley when he doesn't get 20 touches in the game is not great.
1: Okay. We'll give you a, a deep league PPR name for you, Detroit rookie running back Ty Johnson has been a better-than-expected pass catcher, according to the Detroit Free Press. The Charlotte Observer raved about Curtis Samuel. He makes one or two plays every day that bring a wow factor, and it's a safe bet. The same continues once the regular season gets underway. Okay, okay. that is not a safe bet. <laughs> that,
3: that is not a safe Like yeah. Maybe it will, but we've got a laundry list of guys who made spectacular plays all throughout training camp. And it did not continue through the regular season. It took Victor Cruz two
0: preseasons before he was able to start putting it together. On John Baldwin, anyone? John Baldwin. <laughs> oh uh,
1: okay, there is guarded optimism that Andrew Luck will be ready for week one, according to Chris Mortensen. Ben, let me get your take on the Chiefs' backfield. Nate Taylor of The Athletic did not have Carlos Hyde on his latest projected 53-man roster, uh, but that is subject to change, obviously. So, yeah, Damian Williams is someone we haven't really talked about in a little while. When are you drafting the Chiefs, guys?
2: Well, I mean, I've seen Williams fall all the way to the fourth round. I think his ADP right now is the middle of the third. If you can get Damian Williams in the middle or late third or into the fourth, I still think he's absolutely worth grabbing. The reason to draft him wasn't because he's a risk-free player. It's because he has a monster upside. Kareem Hunt was the RB4 in PPR leagues in 2017. Uh, he was the RB 12 in 2018, even though he was released before the end of the season. If you throw on Damian Williams stats from the games he started at the end of 2018, they would combine for essentially Ezekiel Elliott's PPR fantasy total at RB five. So essentially you can say that Chiefs' starting running back has been a top five running back the last two seasons. And we expect this offense to be very, very good going forward. There's still plenty of reason to like Damian Williams. The Hyde stuff doesn't surprise me. We've talked all off season about how he's not a good receiving back. he, He's been an inefficient receiving back. He's had you know a couple uh, splash reception totals in his career, but uh, not a very good receiver. I really like Damian Williams. If you can get him at a discount where his risk is more properly baked in, I was a little bit too high on him. I have moved him down, but I still think he's worth drafting. And then uh, Darwin Thompson, late, also should be a target in every draft as a guy that if, if Damian Williams isn't the guy, and if Carlos Hyde's on the bubble – And even Darrell Williams should be on list. Both of these guys, if they get a chance to be the chief starting running back, we should want the chief starting running back. And I think the uncertainty is causing all of these guys to go, or at least collectively go lower than they should. And so I think there's still a lot of targets here.
0: I'm going to be there on Saturday when they play against the Steelers. And you know I'm going to go right up to Andy Reid and ask him about these running backs. And he's going to give me an answer that probably isn't going to be honest, but I we're Great. gonna see we're all gonna be able to watch these guys and watch them play. Uh, this isn't the first time I've heard about Carlos Hyde not making the team. By the way, uh, I like the idea of drafting Damian Williams. I love the idea of drafting Darwin
1: Thompson. Okay, so are we all drafting Darwin Thompson ahead of Carlos Hyde right now?
0: Yeah. Yep. I okay. still have Hyde ranked ahead of Darwin Thompson. I've made that switch once before. I assume by Saturday I'll be ready to make that
1: switch again. Yeah, just ask ask Andy Reid who you should take. You know, just say, "Hey, what's that's about what rankings? I'll do." Uh, and would you take Josh Jacobs, who you know was featured on the opening drive of the game and did well, or Damian Williams? I still have Jacobs. Williams for me,
3: definitely Williams. I'm I'm the nuanced guy, today, I guess. You're asking good questions that um, don't quite fit across the board. I, definitely
1: Williams in PPR and Jacobs in none. Okay. Eagles quarterback Cody Kessler left with a concussion. Nate Sudfeld broke his wrist last week, so Carson Wentz is healthy because he's not playing. Uh, right tackle Brandon Shell for the Jets hurt his knee. Like I said, their their O-line's beat up. So is Atlanta's right now. Heath already mentioned that Robert Alford was going to miss about two months with a leg injury, and he could basically be out the entire time that Patrick Peterson is out. Six games against Detroit at Baltimore, Carolina, Seattle, at Cincinnati, and Atlanta. And I don't know if you saw it, but Kelvin Harmon, he's a Redskins receiver, he was flagged for offensive pass interference. It was a terrible call. Terrible call. Obviously, it got challenged, and somehow the ruling was upheld. So if if you can't overturn that with offensive pass interference, with the new rules, being able to challenge it, then this is going to be awful. Thankfully this is just preseason, but my goodness, like so obviously not offensive offensive pass interference. Um
2: I have any of the calls been changed? I feel like they were like I mean I don't, don't wanna put on a tinfoil hat right now, but I feel like they were like Telling the refs to, to lean towards just letting it be in the preseason. Hopefully that call is a call we'll see overturned in the season because you're right. It was a horrible call.
1: It was a horrible. Yeah, you have to put a tinfoil hat on next next week, not just the standard <laughs> Well and you right.
3: you would look pretty silly if you wore two hats. So next week don't wear that hat and just wear the right. tin foil
2: hat. Just to wear the tinfoil hat. All right. Of course
1: of course that's what I meant, Heath. Like, what are you kidding me? Of course I meant just the tinfoil <laughs> hat. Um, hey, we got a telethon. Next week. It's uh, it's on Thursday next week. And we are really excited about it. The second annual Fantasy Football Today Telethon. It's airing next week for six continuous hours Thursday starting at noon. The Fantasy Football Today crew, a lot of us, a plethora of guests are going to be answering your phone calls and dropping tons of fantasy knowledge to get you ready for your drafts. It's all hands on deck. We're going to have our pick six squad there. Danny Cannell and Brian McFadden. Roddy White, Eddie Lacy, Dwayne Bowe, other NFL guys are stopping by. Industry friends like the Fantasy Footballers are joining us. I think Nando's going to join us. And it's a great time, and it's for a great cause. St. Jude. The fun begins noon Eastern on Thursday on CBSSports.com, the Fantasy Football Today Facebook page, or anywhere that you can watch CBS Sports HQ. So please check it out. And we have our radio show, by the way, coming up. Tomorrow night, Friday, uh, Saturday night, Eye on Fantasy Football on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, that's 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern. And um, also, please keep it coming with the five-star reviews. You, they're so incredibly helpful, and I have some five-star review questions that I'm going to answer later in the show. Got some emails and some busts right after this quick break on Fantasy Football Today. You want to join the podcast league? Send us something creative. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. I may have given the wrong email address yesterday. I think I may have said Fantasy Football today. But no, it's fantasy at CBSI.com. Put podcast league in the subject line. We got a very long, heartfelt email from Josh, and then he he was talking about uh, his soon-to-be father-in-law and what his father-in-law's been dealing with. I won't get into it, but it was you know very emotional. He wants to join a fantasy league with him, you know, all that. But he also sent us a video of his father-in-law Sean watching. He's a big Seahawks fan. He's in his living room in this video. And even if you can't see it, I think you'll enjoy listening to it. He's watching the Super Bowl, Super Bowl uh, 48, I believe. Cam Chancellor's pick six. Let's roll the tape. Go, baby! Go,
0: go, 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 go! Touchdown, Seahawks! Ah!
1: (laughs) Look at that at the end. He looks at the camera. He does like a wrestling pose. He goes, ah! That was some terrific enthusiasm, and I love seeing that kind of stuff because it reminds me of me. Watching football. All right. Thank you for that. Send in your stuff. We'll share some fun ones with you. This is from Isaac. Which DST are you targeting at the end of your draft for the first few weeks to stream? And who, like the Bears last year, could be, you know, pretty good and work out? I love,
0: I love waiting for Cowboys. the Cowboys defense. Yeah. They're scheduled to begin the year. Giants at Washington and Miami. Wow. A wow. Of bad offense.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's the Cowboys is the clear answer to this. I've seen a lot of people say that. I took them as the second defense off the board in our uh our 2 QB draft that we're actually playing out that we did earlier uh, earlier this week, I think. And I know that's like too early just for an early season matchup, but I, you know, I it's tough to predict defensive performance year over year, and there is a, a huge correlation between uh essentially bad offenses and defensive points so their early season matchup so good that i think you can take them over defenses we have way more confidence we'll be better throughout the year stream them for three years and hope that you can just stream throughout the season essentially
1: (laughs) we'll stream for three weeks not three years but yes we we get your point let's not
2: let's not do three years
1: (laughs) i've also been i don't know they've got some great young linebackers they could be good for a while with uh, the Eagles, I draft because they open with the Redskins. So, you know, it's another one. Uh, right, When are we drafting Tony Pollard? I draft in three days. When are we drafting Tony Pollard? This is from Jim. I picked him up. I moved him up to round 10,
0: and I would pick him up in round 10. Yeah, I'm okay. more of a 12 or 13.
2: Okay. Yeah, I feel like I keep missing him because I'm more on Heath's side, but I, I don't think it's wrong to take him as early
1: as 10. This is from D. Hoff and Goodyear. Heath, I'll give this to you. Where would you draft? Where would you choose your draft spot? In a 14-team league. I'll take
3: pick three or pick 10 through 12.
0: What about, but not 13 and 14? I don't really want 13 and 14. I, I, we did a draft where I was picking at the end. I had the first pick and I hated it. Absolutely hated it. I don't want one. I don't want, well, I do want one. I'll take one before 14. But I, I, am in agreement with Heath. Three is a great spot. And then that eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 range. Okay.
1: Okay. This is from Andrew. Ben, I'll throw it to you. How many players are too many players from one team? Do you purposely take a player you think is a lesser guy just to avoid having two to three guys from one team?
2: Depends on the team. I mean, totally depends on the team. If it's the Chiefs, I don't think you can have enough, frankly. I think you could take as many Chiefs as you want because I feel very, very confident in that they're going to put up a ton of points. As you go down towards the bottom, I think even having two of a, a bad offense is tough. Like I drafted uh, on Johnson and Kenny Galladay in the same mock the other day and I didn't notice that I did it and I I wouldn't do that intentionally I don't, I don't want both those guys for the Lions because I don't love the Lions offense so totally depends on the offense for me
1: okay guys here we go this is going to be a little bit of a tough one this is from someone Dave where's someone from someone is from uh Pocatello Idaho okay Without knowing any of us, can you do a completely unbiased and random determination of our draft order? I will post this on our Facebook group and let the league mates find out when they draft. Please tell me who drafts first through twelfth. All right, so I'm going to get the first pick, then then Dave, then Heath, then Ben, and we're just going to randomly pick their draft order. Obviously, I am going with Stan with the number one pick because it reminds me of South Park and Randy Marsh going, Stan! Stan! So, Stan, you have Whatever happened pick. to the ladies first? Dave, not, not in the not in fantasy football. Equal opportunity. Dave, who's second? Well, there's somebody on this list named Billy Bling Bling. <laughs> With a
0: name like that, you've got to go second. I was going, going to ahead. make him last.
2: Yeah, he should be last. <laughs> He's second.
1: <laughs> That's what I thought, too. All right. Uh, Heath, who's third? I'll go Nicole. Nicole is Billy, third.
2: I, I, I... I just want to say, Billy Bling Bling definitely sent this email because he made his name the most catchy one, and he thought he'd get picked early. I'll take Chelsea. We'll we'll help the ladies out.
1: All right, fine. So now fifth, we're gonna go with uh, with David. David is my brother's name, so David, you have the fifth pick. Can't go wrong with a David.
0: Let's go with JJ Six. He's my least. Yeah, pick. I'll
1: go with Ash. Ash goes seventh. I'll do Wes. Wes goes Wes eighth. Is eight. Um, Aaron, Aaron is kind of like my name, so Aaron, you have the ninth pick.
0: Let's go with Brett for Brett the Hitman Heart at number ten.
3: I don't know who's left. Jamie, Jamie, and Doug. Oh, uh, you don't, you don't want to be a Doug. I'll go Jamie.
1: <laughs> Doug, you're twelfth. Yeah. All right, guys. Yes, that was Doug. fun. That was fun. And then uh, this is from Squeaker. He says, "I was listening on my lunch break to the August eighth podcast of Running Backs Part 2 Van Damme movie reference, Dave. Really? What's the Van Damme movie? Part 2. That's Hot Shots Part 2. Charlie Sheen. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know about that, Squeaker. Um, I had a mildly awesomeness moment when at the forty-four forty mark, Heath Cummings spoke my wife's name over my truck's Bluetooth. Heath said, quote, I'll take Lindsay Michelle Montgomery in non-PPR. And further awesomeness ensued as Dave said, I'm kind of crazy about Montgomery. I was stoked. That's really fun. Am I yeah, the only one enjoying that's these That's pretty evenings? hilarious. No, yeah, right? that's it's pretty cool. hilarious. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Ben. More shows for Ben. Um, preseason roundup. I don't know if there's anything else you guys wanted to touch on. Kyler Murray was three for eight for 12 yards. Matt Ryan looked good. Derek Carr looked good, even without Antonio Brown. Uh, we good with quarterbacks? Sam Darnold. Great yeah. throw from Haskins. Yeah. He, did you watch the rest of it, though? Because it got oh. it got worse. It got yeah, worse. It's, yeah.
2: if, it, if we got to fire up the hot take cannon, I'll say Ryan Finley might be better than Andy Dalton already. He looked. Oh. I thought he looked good. He was climbing the pocket well. He was hitting guys that were open. Dalton threw a pick six on his only drive mm-hmm. in the red zone, 90 something yard pick six. I. I would not be surprised if he's a fourth round rookie, but I would not be surprised if we saw Ryan Finley start some games this year.
3: I like Andy Dalton more than most people, but I had Finley ahead of Locke and ahead of Daniel Jones. So I'll buy into it.
1: All right. Running back. You know, we should talk about Josh Jacobs and very good, you know, the, that they used him as the starter and he had four carries for 21 yards on a very good uh, opening drive. It may have been in, in on two possessions actually um but but you know it was good for Jacob's good for Miles Sanders Ingram started but they really used a lot of guys they took Ingram out i think after one possession but anyway what's dave what's your take on Josh Jacobs after this second game
0: i liked what i saw i liked that each of his first three runs were for 6 or more yards there wasn't a breakaway run in there but showed great cutback good vision um a lot of power pulling forward to get a couple of extra yards i was i was pleased with what i saw from Josh Jacobs
3: I don't think we learned anything. I think Ben could average five yards per carry against the Cardinals' defense. I don't but think Ben could.
1: It's not that. It's that. It's again. that the hierarchy. It just. I think he. Well, we know, know he's not order. No, right. We, they talked about how he had to earn the starting job, which was always ridiculous. He's the starter. Uh, okay. No. No um, offense, Ben.
2: I just want to run against the Cardinals' defense. Now let's do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm wondering about who has the second most carries on the Ravens. You know, is it Kenneth Dixon? He got a lot of work. It's Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. Justice Hill is very fun. He's very yeah. fun to watch, but he did but most of the, his the, work late.
3: Yeah, he was the fourth back on the field. So week three of the preseason, we need to see him a little earlier to justify where he's been drafted. I, the, everyone, not, I'm not putting myself in everyone. There's going to be a lot of assumption that Kenneth Dixon's getting cut.
0: Yeah. They are not treating Kenneth Dixon right now like he's getting cut. They're evaluating him. That's for sure. And then he got hurt in the game. Uh, I I don't like his chances of making the team, and I certainly don't like his chances of being relevant for fantasy this year. Justice Hill is a lot of fun. Just think about that backfield with Lamar Jackson and Justice Hill—all that speed back there, man. Yeah, that, he's that fun. could be uh, tough for defense.
1: And Ito Smith played a lot with the starters, and he, he uh, scored a touchdown. Devontae Freeman didn't play much. Uh, anything else, Ben? You usually have some good like like just nuggets of deep yeah, guys. Uh-
2: uh, Ty Montgomery played almost exclusively with the ones. I don't have him as a Jets backup right now, but he's for me gonna you know be a late round draftable pick because he looked pretty good with them. Uh, I didn't really know who would necessarily be their backup, but he played it like they didn't rotate like Ball, Powell, and or anything. They just played Montgomery. Um, Josh Jacobs did only play the one drive, but they ran the ball three times in a row. Uh, Ryan Grant was was playing ahead of Hunter Renfro. If you're you know excited about Renfro uh that's that's all i really had for notes okay but
1: yeah when you watch Ty Montgomery, you're like why is that wide receiver playing running back and he wears i think number 88 yeah. or something but he did look pretty good all right time this to talk about some bus. watching time Montgomery play football no, it's just, it's just funny. Like He's a wide receiver, you know, playing running back.
0: Well, I mean, he came into the NFL as a wide yeah, receiver. I know. He's been wearing 88 ever since he was in the league.
1: But he's okay. on a different team now. It's just different. I don't know. Okay. You know what, Dave? It's in New
3: York. Nothing happened in New York. Yeah. It's a, I didn't notice it because it didn't happen it's in New York. It's a
1: different shade of green on the jersey. I, I just thought, uh, I just think it's, you know, I just think it's time for me to stop talking and throw it to break. For our last break of the show, you're going to hear about NFL Game Pass which I watched this morning to catch up on all of the Dwayne Haskins lowlights and much more. And then when we come back, busts, bust, busts galore and the fantasy regulators after this. Okay, Dave, your busts, you already talked about Melvin Gordon. Todd Gurley, what What do you want to say? I guess uh, the question is when would you feel comfortable taking Todd Gurley, who, as I mentioned yesterday, is creeping into the first round in a lot of drafts?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm team round three on Todd Gurley. I don't. I don't want to deal with a headache, whether the headache happens early in the year or late in the year. We 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 can all assume that the touches are going to go down. I think the explosiveness could also go down. Uh, I I don't care that he's not playing in the preseason. That's typical for stud running backs like Gurley. And I'm happy that he worked in the joint practices, but I don't see him delivering to the top five if he's got a, a knee that could cause up problems at any point during the year. So I'm I'm avoiding Todd Gurley on draft day.
1: Okay. How about Heath and Ben? Just tell me real quick when you'd feel comfortable taking Gurley. Mid late second.
2: I think there's enough guys in the second that I that I like more that I'm not taking him in the second. So I, I agree more with Dave.
1: Okay. Dave Adam Thielen, tenth wide receiver off the board, twenty seventh overall. A little bit earlier than that though on CBS ADP is a second round pick. Adam Thielen you have as a bus. When would you feel comfortable taking him?
0: I wouldn't feel comfortable taking Adam Thielen until. Round three in PPR, which is pretty close to his ADP, but round four in non-PPR. I don't think he's going to have nine games with over 100 yards. I don't think he's going to score nine touchdowns. We know that the Vikings want to run the football a little bit more, and we know that the Vikings want to diversify the passing game a little bit more. Get Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith just a little bit more involved. They have also uncovered a slot receiver, Chad Beebe. This isn't the main reason to, to get away from Adam Thielen, but if, if Thielen's not in the slot where he really made his money last year, it's, it's going to take away from him. He had a better catch rate in the slot each of the last two years than he did on the outside. Great numbers in the slot the last two years compared to the outside. I, I just think he's being overdrafted. I don't think he's got a shot at 1,200 yards or even seven touchdowns.
1: Okay. And then finally, Vance McDonald, who is tight end 10 in fantasy pros in terms of ADP, he's going at the end of round eight, and you have Vance McDonald, Steelers tight end as a bust.
0: I, he, he has 70 yards in four games in his career. He's caught five or more passes four times in his career. I understand that there are a lot of targets on the table in Pittsburgh. I don't think he's going to get enough of them to be a reliable fantasy starter week in and week out. Keith Miller only got the job done as a reliable fantasy starter like three times in his entire career. I, I think James Washington and, and Dante Moncrief are going to pick up a lot more of the slack from Antonio Brown's departure than Vance McDonald.
1: McDonald was the twelfth best tight end in non PPR, tenth best in PPR mm-hmm. last. Do you year. know how many fantasy points he averaged? I'm just saying, like that wasn't that impressive.
0: But no, four point nine in non PPR and eight point three in PPR.
1: Oh, right, but that's what I'm saying, Dave. It's like he he averaged four point nine fantasy points in non PPR. What was it in PPR? Eight point three. Eight point three. So I'm saying to be a top twelve tight end, you don't need to be that good. So, but but he right. Does, but, but I want I, my I tight end to be saying. good. Yeah. Yeah. But you won't, there won't be, there won't be 10 good tight ends. There just won't be. That's why the thing he's is, not right in my top 10.
2: Heath Miller didn't run a, you know, a 4 7 at 267. Like part of the reason to like Vance McDonald is he's a big dude. He can run real fast. He's never really had the, the, the opportunity share that we want, like, like Dave mentioned. But, um, we, you know, we saw in the playoffs two years ago, he had a 16 target game and blew up. He's had, his moments if you want to look for like a george kittle type uh for this year that a guy that just has really good efficiency yards after the catch i i think vance is your best bet but he is 29 he's a lot older than you think and dave has a point like if he hasn't done it to this point in his career
0: kind of tough yeah 73 right. games 12 touchdowns and he's missed 23 games
1: all right so let's get heath's busts here heath if you're good you do this in like Five minutes, you can stick around for regulators. So there's your incentive. Oh, thank you. you. Uh, Yeah,
3: Russell Wilson. I don't have to say too much more about Russell Wilson. We saw the upside last year, which was like a a low-end starting quarterback, a mid-range low-end starting quarterback, depending on what format you play in. It's not hard to find the downside. He probably threw 10 to 12 more touchdowns last year than you should expect with the pass volume. Let's assume the volume comes up just a little bit. I don't think he's going to throw 500 passes. He's going to be below 4,000 yards. I don't really think it's very likely that he gets over 27 or 28 touchdowns on the high end. He did not run as much last year as he had in the past. Russell Wilson is not likely to be a starting quarterback in fantasy this year unless he plays six games and like three or four guys get hurt.
1: Another thing I want to point out about Russell Wilson is that, yeah, he didn't run that much last year, but he also is not a guy that runs a lot inside the Mm five-yard line. You know, you maybe could get more yards from him, but he's not a big rushing touchdown guy because he doesn't get, like, his rushing touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, he scored five in the last four years. Yeah, he's had a a four-touchdown season, a six-touchdown season, and a three-touchdown season. He's also had a one, a one, a one, and a zero, so he just doesn't get that many carries inside the 10 like three or four carries inside the 10 yard line each of his last four seasons for russell wilson uh you have josh jacobs as a bus what up with that
3: this is mostly a ppr call i'm a little lower on him than adp and non-ppr but i could live with him as running back 19 i just and, and i haven't it might happen My expectation is still that one of the most efficient pass-catching backs in the NFL is still going to get a bunch of targets this year, and that's Jalen Richard. I expect Jacobs to be on the field for early downs. He'll still catch maybe 30 passes this year, but I do think it's going to be difficult on a team that, yes, the Raiders' offense looked great last night against the Arizona Sun Devils, but I don't (laughs) expect the Raiders' offense to be very good. Their defense is going to be awful, and their line's very beat up. It's not going to be good at the start of the year either.
1: Now, was that a funny joke, or should we point out that Arizona State is the Sun Devils? I think that makes it funnier. Oh, okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I don't know. Like, does, does Josh Jacobs really need more than 30 catches to be better than RB19? You know?
3: That depends. Does he score? How many touchdowns does he score? How many touchdowns do the Raiders score? What's his yards per carry average? There's no reason why they
1: can't have a good offense. Why can't they have a good offense? They have good players now.
3: They have a bad quarterback and I think a bad
1: offensive line. They don't. They have neither of those.
2: RB-19 hey. is still too high as well for you to be saying that all he has to do is beat RB-19 to not be a bad pick. You need a guy at RB in if the top 20 running backs. You, if you're taking a guy, he has to have top 10 upside. He, has, he 100%
1: upside. has top 10 upside. He has top 5 upside. And again, he, I'm fine with
3: it in non-PPR. He, not he, he does not have top. top 5. Derek Carr is a bad quarterback first. No, if not. we're saying that there are 15. I mean, how many good quarterbacks are there? There's over 20. He's a below average quarterback. Well, is actually, that better?
1: Yeah, fine. But he has to be good off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he. Well, but he's—I mean—he's a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. He's a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. He's Josh a better quarterback than. He's a quarter- better quarter. I
3: don't know that he's, he's better a better, better quarterback than Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson.
1: You also have Antonio Brown as a bust. Antonio Brown. I don't like the Raiders, Adam,
3: and yeah. <laughs> I don't like Derek Carr, and I don't like their offense, and. Listen, it sounds like Antonio Brown's uh, head is right back back in the right place. It's not quite back in the right helmet yet, but it will be. Um, <laughs> I think good. his feet are probably going to be okay. But there's still a lot of concerns that I had about Brown before any of this drama. It's the Raiders offense. It's Derek Carr. It's How is Antonio Brown behaving when they are seven games into the season and they're two and five, and there's a game where he only gets five targets?
1: understood. I, to to defend Derek Carr. He has twice <laughs> given us twice given us two top 24 wide receivers. Once he gave us two top 20 wide receivers. That was Amari Cooper Mari, and Michael Crabtree back to back. I don't think he And I think he
3: like, could Yeah. Right. I think he could give us two top 24 wide receivers again this year as well. Antonio Brown could be like 17 or 18, Tyrell Williams is 24th, we're good.
1: Yeah. I I mean I think Brown's you know I don't think the split. I think there's a bigger split between Brown and Tyrell than there was between Cooper and Crabtree at the time. But fair enough. I just want to point out, like, he's not that bad. He can Derek Carr, but I'm not disagreeing with your bus call here. Like, he, would you he take, can run a a
0: short area West Coast offense perfectly.
1: Would you take Antonio Brown or Brandon Cooks? I've got Cooks a
0: spot ahead of Brown as
3: of now. I would definitely take Cooks in non PPR. I might have Brown one spot higher in
1: PPR. Ben, how about you?
2: I'd probably take Cooks. I'm really low on Brown. I, I just want to note on Derek Carr. Last year, Jalen Richard led the team in receptions. I think it was eight of the 16 games. Like, when they get behind, he doesn't press the ball down the field. He just checks down a ton. Or he threw to, to Jared Cook a lot. But he has I, – I, I don't know that I would disagree uh, with Adam's kind of defense that he's a decent quarterback. I think he's pretty bad. Like, I think he <laughs> has a hard I- time – Getting the ball to his wide receivers, and that's what you need to do to be a good good quarterback.
1: Well, let's see. I mean, let's see. Like like I said, when he had Cooper and Crabtree, he got them the ball. Let's see what he does with uh, Antonio Brown. You know, I think they have a better offensive line now. They have a the investment. Yeah. in it. Look, they have a better running game than last one. year. Last What's year, that? he had a career high in
0: completion percentage and yards. Yeah. But he did oh. it with a lot of that dink and dunk.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. Which and then. This is um, what he can do. The last one for Heath is Ebron, who is definitely moving down in ADP. He's 66th on CBS. He's uh, lower than that on Fantasy Pros. And he's basically, like in our drafts, nobody wants him except for me. He'd be terrible without without luck. (laughs) I take Eric Ebron in like the 10th round now. I'm actually okay with that, but I don't know. You don't like Antonio Brown.
3: I I think 10th round is a good place to take Eric Ebron. And he might score some touchdowns. Um, there's a lot of things to be scared of. I'd feel better about him if Jack Doyle was unable to get healthy and
0: Andrew Luck did get healthy. But um, that's that's a lot of ifs. His, his primary role was red zone weapon. And they've added Devin Funches to be another red zone weapon. Jack Doyle is back, another red zone weapon. And then whenever the heck Paris Campbell gets healthy, he'll be in the mix too. The touchdowns are going to come down. He had three games last year with 70-plus yards. He opens the season against the Chargers and the Titans. Both of those teams have safeties that can cover him. He's he's not someone I want to take.
1: Okay, makes sense. Um, hey, guys, one other thing. Let's regulate. This is from Jay. Dear Alex, Colt, Robert, and Joe. Those sound like Redskins quarterbacks. I'm in a 12-team league that drafts next week, and I have been given the 10th slot. I am good friends with... uh, Damn, why am I so bad at this now? Cannot get it. (laughs) I'm good friends with the guys drafting 11 and 12, and he has the 10th pick. We've talked to each other about what we could potentially take. Is it okay to hatch a plan that we all figure out beforehand what the others are going to draft and ensure we all get players we want? Or should we not be allowed to talk draft strategy at all?
2: I think definitely not okay
1: it
3: seems like it's probably not okay although I kind of feel like when teams are discussing trades
0: they're definitely doing mm-hmm. this in the NFL oh yeah like there's there definitely Literally. there's no there's no law against it it's you know it's just it's frowned upon
1: yeah the I only guess. person
2: this helps is the 10th slot by the way like
1: yeah like a <laughs> so 12 true. the guy in the
2: 12 slot isn't gonna you know like he's picking back to back what's he gonna do? Well, what does he have to offer?
1: But like, <laughs> yeah. if you
3: were in the 10th spot, wouldn't you like to know who was the 11 and 12 guys were taking?
0: Right. you Don't you want to get a beat on whether or not they want Travis Kelsey and or you're they not, want a stud running back in round one? And you're like, not
3: giving them anything in return by telling them who you're taking.
1: What are we doing here? What so are we doing? Not, I, I want to get you guys in for another regulators before you have to go. So, I think it's
3: what, fine. I think it's fine, I think too. you should
1: lie.
2: It's weird. It's clear <laughs> collusion.
1: Lie. <laughs> Not, if you, you lie, lie, it's fantasy football, Right, exactly. It's weird. Like, Ben's probably right, but for some reason, like, I'm just okay with it. Okay, here we go. I'm absolutely uh, right. Corey. Corey says, um, last year I was in a 10-team standard league with a kicker and a defense. It was week 14, and I was looking at a playoff spot. Well, going into Monday night's game, I was ahead by eight points, and the person I was playing didn't have a kicker started because his was injured on the bench. And, uh, a eh, little off. Well, yeah. another owner who was also in the playoff running messaged my opponent and told him that if he started a kicker, he would win. So, my opponent, so so that that guy who messaged my opponent picked up both kickers from Monday night so nobody else could grab them and demanded that my opponent trade him someone on his team for a useless kicker so he could win the week. Turns out I lost because of this and I did not make the playoffs. Should the commissioner have overruled this trade because of what the owner did? Dave and Heath, you have about 30 seconds before I have to cut you loose.
0: See, I think that's collusion.
1: Well, it's not collusion. He ex- it was extortion.
3: Yeah, he went, picked up the kickers and then told the guy, you've got to <laughs> trade me if you want to have a chance of winning. That's a good owner. He got something out of the deal. I okay, don't you're right, really you're right. think trades should happen on Monday. I think once Sunday morning happens, you should not have any trades during the games that should be eligible to play on a roster that week. Mm-hmm. So that's my problem, but I don't believe it's collusion.
1: No, it's not collusion, but it should be overturned because exactly what Heath just said. That is so... Is, hey, go! Uh, you need to start a kicker. By the way, I just added both of them. Now trade me Got something. Got him! That should be <laughs> completely overturned. That is messed up. Dave and Heath, thank you very much. Ben and I are going to stick around for you listeners. That's it for our video show. Bye, Dave and Heath. nah, 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 nah. Nah all right finally those loud mouths are gone sorry sorry about that hour all right ben and i are going to finish up here we got some apple reviews uh, apple question reviews uh, to answer for you but we also have one more round of the fantasy regulators okay this is jacob from an eastern washington town you should know that you live in washington ben where is he from eastern
2: washington's a very large place
1: <laughs> yeah uh, so give me a place A
2: a town in eastern Washington? Yeah, come on. Uh, Yakima.
1: Yakima. There you go. This isn't so hard. Genie
2: is right outside Spokane comes to mind. I don't
1: know. Either one is fine. I need some advice for a league I'm in. It's a 10-team non-PPR league. A member has recently complained that the scoring has changed for quarterbacks to be a four-point-per-passing touchdown league instead of six. He doesn't like it. He claims that it makes quarterbacks way more undervalued especially since it's non-PPR. His point is that if you don't have a top-five running back in non-PPR, you cannot make up for it by having a high-touchdown ceiling quarterback. He doesn't want the league to change to PPR in order to balance the running back playing field out because we already have a separate league with that PPR format. So he'd like the quarterback scoring to revert back to six points for passing touchdowns. What's your advice on this? In a non-PPR league, should QB scoring be six points passing touchdown?
2: Uh, I would say no to that question. I also don't think it matters that much because it raises or lowers all the quarterbacks. I understand it obviously raises the higher quarterbacks higher and creates a bigger separation. But the answer for me also in all these situations, and I don't know why more people don't just go this route is I, why is five point per passing touchdown like a problem? Why, why does it have to be four or six? Like if you're having an argument over the four or 6 Make your league a five-point per passing touchdown league. We did that in my longest running home league, like ten years ago, and it's worked fine.
1: You've good advice on the regulators. That's that is good advice. Um, all right, yeah, make it five. And I think he's overstating like the you can't win if you don't have a top five running back thing. Uh, you can, but it's it's not a bad point about quarterbacks. Like a quarterback in a four-point per passing touchdown league in PPR is so devalued in my opinion, but in non PPR mm-hmm. still like, you know, cause in my in quarterbacks are devalued in PPR. Cause they're the only ones that don't catch passes. They make up a fewer percentage, a lower percentage of your total points, but make it five, just do what Ben said and uh, consider that to be regulated. All right. You've been leaving your five-star reviews. They've been very helpful and we very much appreciate them. So let me, Pull up some of those questions that you put in the five-star reviews. And if you haven't noticed, Fantasy Football Today is, is uh, one of the top podcasts in Apple Podcasts right now. Always in Stitcher. We're so appreciative of it. It's awesome. And we're just going to keep on growing and keep on getting better. So, trying to kill time here. while I Oh, here we go. Dr. Matt in a populated Arizona city. I'm not going to give this one to Ben. He didn't do very well with the Washington one. So, let's just <laughs> say he's from Tempe. Do you keep Andrew Luck in the fourteenth round or Sony Michelle in the seventh round in a non PPR league?
2: I, I, I want to say neither to this question, but I guess Sony Michelle in the seventh round in PPR. I don't like Michelle much for a lot of the reasons we talked about on the show. He's not going to catch enough passes, but Luck is banged up, man. I don't know about that.
1: From Tyler's dad, outside of the running backs and the wide receivers going in round one, which running backs and wide receivers could finish number one at their position?
2: outside of the running backs wide receivers going in the first round uh damian williams i definitely think could do that i think dalvin cook has that kind of upside um todd Gurley, i guess if he played a ton more than we expected there, i mean and then there's always the backup running backs that have the potential to do it if they if a running back went down in week one like what james, what happened with james Conner last year i mean he was came out of nowhere it's got to be a good offense it's got to be like a a Darwin Thompson, if he ended up being their their lead back early in the season, much like Kareem Hunt was as a rookie two years ago, he could challenge for that for Kansas City. But, um, yeah, I think for running back, it's a lot easier. For wide receivers, it'd be a lot smaller list. Mike uh, Evans.
1: Yeah, like Mike Evans.
2: Mike Evans could do it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, Daniel in Jacksonville. AFC, NFC only leagues. We are starting a large work league split between the two conferences. And the winners of both meet in the finals scored manually. What should we do if a player is traded midseason to the other conference? Should the previous owner be allowed to keep him or should that player hit waivers? Have you ever done an AL only or NL only fantasy baseball I league?
2: In baseball. And I actually was just thinking about this question the other day about AL and NL leagues. Like, yeah. Literally yesterday. I was like, what happens really? when that
1: happens? Yeah. So typically, what happens is you lose the player and he goes on waivers and you want to save your your money, your fab dollars or your waiver wire priority for around the trade deadline in baseball so you can get oh, who are the big ones? Yasiel Puig, Trevor Bauer, you know? Sure. Um so if you're going to go by that then yeah, you lose the player. Uh, it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. That's yeah. that would be my vote. Lose the player and he goes on waivers. Uh from Stump 13, I think this is about the the Nick Chubb hype. It definitely is. Are analysts not taking into account just how good of a running back Kareem Hunt has been?
2: I think, uh, yes, they are not taking that into account. I think that's fair. I mean, I I really do think everyone seems to believe that, okay, Nick Chubb's got this huge head start and he's going to be the clear lead back and and Kareem Hunt's not going to cut into that because by that point, Chubb will have established it. What I think is going to happen, number one, I think the Browns are good enough they're going to make the playoffs this year. And I think you're going to get to a point at that point that if they've ridden Chubb that hard, it doesn't mean that Chubb hasn't established himself. It just means that they're going to be able to split up the work more and keep these guys fresh going into the playoffs. From a team perspective, not a fantasy perspective, and I think fantasy owners want things more than they think about what makes the most sense for a team sometimes. From a team perspective, it would make sense— to not keep riding Nick Chubb once Kareem Hunt is back and to let them both have touches cuz Kareem Hunt has been a very very good running back.
1: I don't know that many examples though cuz we talk about this all the time. Oh they're going to keep him fresh, they're going to they're not going to ride him. That's not what teams do. Like teams ride their horses. You know, and I can even think like Melvin Gordon was an example of a guy who had his touches limited a little bit last year. He was on pace for about 254 carries before his injury, before leaving the Arizona game with an injury. And that's not massive workload for a guy like Melvin Gordon, but he made up for it in the passing game and he scored a bunch of touchdowns. So I, I well, just I just feel like we talk about it all the time. Hey, it would be smart if they limited their his workload. Teams just don't do that, in my opinion. I, I don't see it happen very much.
2: Teams do it from the start of the season when they have all their players active. I, I don't think there's a great comp to where a player like this is suspended and comes back at that point. So... I mean, I think no. if Kareem Hunt was active to start the season, we might see a split early on in the year, I think. Right.
1: But that's that. That's to me because I'm very high on Nick Chubb. I, I said in the Facebook group yesterday that if there were no Kareem Hunt, I would take Nick Chubb fifth overall.
2: Uh, I can see that argument if there were no Kareem Hunt.
1: I just feel like I'm very confident in him. I think he's going to do great. And I just don't think they're going to really take him off the field all that much when Hunt comes back because that is that is week 10 when Kareem Hunt comes back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how much it matters for fantasy owners. Like, you get in his first eight games, just dominating, you know, that's the other thing. He's going to be that good that it might not really matter. He's going to get you basically, he's going to be very helpful to get you to the playoffs. At least that's the way I see it. All right, finally, last one. Sean O from Philly. 12-team PPR mock draft. I took Kelsey at the end of the first round, and then Kittle was there at the end of the third round. Should I have taken him as my flex?
2: uh i don't love that but i also with that kind of value don't hate it uh for two reasons One, well, i mean it's got to be a league where you can make a trade because i i would only do this in a league where essentially this is you're giving up some equity for sure but you uh are damaging the rest of the team the rest of the league's tight end situations and and if you take two of the top three tight ends other teams are going to be tight end needy and you might get someone come call and uh, and, and get an opportunity to get a little bit of a profit on that pick. So it, it, I wouldn't, and I hesitate to, to to take picks that I intend to trade. I wouldn't take them just because I could trade them. I think just with Kelsey and Kittle, essentially, and maybe with Ertz, uh, they're good enough that you could flex those guys, and you have this really good trade chip. So I, I can see it, but I'm hesitant on it for sure.
1: You get this question all the time. You wouldn't believe it. How many people ask us about taking two of the top three tight ends, using one as a flex? I think that you, it can work. It would have worked last year, but you need both of them to be great because what you're doing is you're tying up your flex with your third-round pick, and that means you can't play matchups with the running back who's facing the Cardinals or whatever. You can't do that. You've, you're tied up with your flex, and I really hate doing that, so they both have to be awesome for this to work, which is why I'm opposed to it. Ben, thank you very much, my friend.
2: Thank you. This is uh, a fun
1: show. Glad to be back on. Are you going to take a nap now? Because it's you got like this started at five thirty in the morning for you. Yeah,
2: we're almost pushing seven o'clock. I think I, I got to stay awake at
1: this point. <laughs> Very <laughs> responsible adult. That's right, Ben Gretch for Dave for for Heath. I'm Adam. We'll talk to you on Monday on Fantasy Football today and Saturday night with our Eye on Fantasy Football radio show. See you.